Do we have any thoughts? I don't have any thoughts. Not one. I have some stuff written down on my phone. The vibes. The vibes, bro. Before we start anything else, I need to inform you legally that we are recording now. Since when, Kip? You've never done that before. I know. I don't even. Oh, I don't even know if that's true in Ohio, but I gotta cover my butt. The attorneys told me. The attorneys are hot on your your tail. Mitchell informed them. You're one listener. The attorneys are hot on my tail. Is my favorite. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan twist at the end of a movie. Mm-mm, no, that's my favorite um, porn title. <laughs> the attorneys are hot on my tail. Like one of those fake taxi things. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the vibe is real. This I've never listened to this before. This lo-fi one specifically. For yeah, lo-fi for ghosts, parentheses only. Mm-hmm. If you're not a ghost and you're listening to this, get, get off! Get out! <laughs> <laughs> I need you to take a big old pill of cyanide. So that way you can listen. Or just eat a million bananas. Yep, that way the uranium will be enough and you'll die of poisoning. Almonds will also do. Almonds have cyanide. Almonds have cyanide? Mm-hmm. I was talking uranium. Like, you will get cancer. Radiation from poisoning from eating a million bananas. Yeah. At that point, you just die from eating a million bananas, though. Shout out to my friend Eric from high school. We did the math and figured out how many bananas it would take. How many? A lot. I forget. He had it written down, but like it was like the whole, like, imagine that you could eat infinite bananas how many bananas would you have to eat how quickly until you would die and that's how we wasted a period of physics how fast would you have to eat them like super fast like you'd have to get them all in your body in like half an hour it was like <laughs> millions of bananas <laughs> <laughs> so if you can imagine that imagine slurping down a banana noodle incredibly quickly like you would have to have so much saliva in your mouth to make sure that that would that banana noodle would be going down so fast you have to gleek that banana down. <laughs> you know what gleeking is? I just found out this past week. I've heard it and somebody told me before, but now I forget. It's where like you stimulate the salivary glands in your mouth and it like out of your mouth. Like it squirts out. Gross. I know. Cooper can do it and he gleeked at me. <laughs> and oh. He said, I used to gleek on the desks of teachers. I hate it. <laughs> And like elementary school. Sorry, if you listen said, closely, you can hear a guy in the background of the song. Sorry, this you got a wrong number, buddy. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, I don't want any insurance. Oh, I've I've won a million dollars. Bernie Sanders. Oh, you, you want you? me to donate to the police station? The police station. Oh, the radio station, the police station. <laughs> you want me to join to the it's a radio station. It's a radio station that only plays the police. <laughs> oh, wait, it only plays rap. This is an ironic radio station. Shout out to me playing um, Quip It. And they said, what's the worst thing you could do in a police lineup? And my answer was be black. Yikes. <laughs> Which I thought was so funny. True facts. But then nobody liked it because apparently we're not allowed to be racist. That's not racist. If anything, it's just acknowledging systemic racism. Yeah. But okay. There's another answer that I had that I I might be too hot for the podcast. Mitchell, can you handle it? <laughs> Mitchell, can you? <laughs> Actually, I have an estimated two listeners. One of them is Patricia. Probably. Shout out, Patricia. Ooh. Also, welcome to Conversation Therapy. This is a podcast where your host, me, Michael Lamp, talks to people that he thinks are fun. You think I'm fun? I 
think I do. I do. I think you're very fun. I credit a lot of my, um, excuse me. You're just going to spit out your, your tea or whatever you're drinking over there. This is water. Uh, <clears throat> vegan tea. <laughs> vegan tea is water. <laughs> All tea is vegan. Oh my word. I'm so wet. Shout out to you spilling your water. Gross. What are you doing? I'm going to take my jacket off, but I don't have anything on underneath it. Go grab a shirt. I'll entertain him. I'll be back. We'll miss you. I am sad to lose a sweatshirt, though. It has a picture of one of the dwarves on it, and it says, I'm grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> Which one of the dwarves is it? <laughs> <laughs> so, we're straight vibing. Katrina texted me maybe an hour ago from my mom's phone and said hey you should hang out with me tonight uh we can record a podcast or something and i said first of all no i don't want to hang out with you but we can record a podcast so now she's here uh sitting at this table and i took um what the uh, peasants would call a stinky poo in the bathroom so i lit a candle in there a three-way candle um and we brought that candle in here into the podcast room and we turn off all the other lights. And so now we're vibing in here to lo-fi hip-hop for ghosts only with the three-wick candle setup. Um, and I'm going to talk about these books, which I've been reading. Shout out to my New Year's resolution, which is not really a New Year's resolution. Man, I love that shirt. <laughs> Isn't it such a fun shirt? It's good. I got it at the thrift store. It's a green shirt with orange lettering. This uh, a kickball team, um, who, the name is Balls to the Wall Kickball, <laughs> which I think is a great shirt <sighs> man we're vibing you were telling them about your books oh um do you have any new year's things because i don't like the idea of new year's resolutions i just like the idea of things that i want to do more in the new year so for me it's like i want to be more healthy mm. uh, eat more healthy be more fit lose some weight that's all kind of one category the second category is i want to read books and so i've been reading books and i want to read more books i better read my books and then uh, last category is I want to do more woodworking this next year. So those are my three things. That like it's whittling? Like, like hobby woodworking? Like build things like tables and chairs or maybe not chairs, but like tables and such um, and other things. Y'all knickknacks. Actually, not knickknacks. Things that I will actually use. Um, so those are my three are like woodworking, reading, skinnying. <laughs> well, more healthing than anything else. Because I, honestly, I don't care about being skinny i care about feeling good and being strong yeah i don't actually care about being strong either like i've never felt super weak other than when i was with people who were like super strong i think sometimes people can get to the point where they're like so overweight it makes them weak like they can't do things other people can do that's what i mean i don't mean like you can't lift anything yeah i think because of my job it requires me to be a certain amount of fit you are strong where i have to move stuff like heavy things and big boxes so what do you have any like things you want to do or or improve or keep doing in the new year yeah um i know it's stupid because i know time isn't real but i figure if there's any time to time isn't real yeah it just makes sense to have a have a starting point and have something on which you can definitively look back and see if you've grown oh for sure yeah um i have noticed in my life I'm around, I go to a really conservative church now, and 
the people that I see there, it's like kind of a culture shock for me because I feel like I've been at both extremes. Like I've been super entrenched in the church and I've been super entrenched in the world. And now like being in a church like that, the people that I see are so not like pure, but almost pure. Like they're so innocent. Yeah. Innocent yeah. of the world. And I think I'm at the opposite extreme where like, I listen to this music and I intake this media that make like it normalizes a lot of things for me that I'm not sure should be normalized. I'm not saying I want to be mm. like entirely naive to everything, but I do want to like have to take a like take a second when I hear something that is really vulgar and I don't right now. Right now it's really normal to me, so I'm kind of trying to take a step back from that and not purify myself. That sounds dumb, but I do want to try and like regain a little bit of that like in the world but not of the world mentality where i'm not quite so entrenched in culture that i don't blink twice at things that would like be abhorrent to someone in the church or even like god himself and i don't even like blink over it yeah so i'm trying to be a little bit more like i don't know listen to a more even mixture of christian music and secular music and to is music the big one for you or is it like other media as well? Other media as well. Yeah. I don't really, I don't know that I don't really intake that much. I don't think I'm not like on social media or anything, but. What about like movies and shows? Do you yeah. watch dark movies and shows? Not, I don't watch even a lot of movies. I watch shows and that I do think has normalized like some things but i think the big thing would probably be music because you hear rappers just like cussing and talking about stupid stuff all the time and yeah. i've been really big into this latvian like feminist hip-hop girl called ash nico and all her stuff is really like vulgar <laughs> but it's really good would recommend but she does talk a lot about like i don't know just things that I shouldn't be so natural for me to listen to why is a lot of the like genuine question not trying to be whatever but it feels like a lot of the very aggressive liberal feminist movement whatever third wave feminism is very vulgar or fourth or fifth wave whatever now. the newest wave feminism is very vulgar and why is that does is it feel is it because like being vulgar is something that is Boys makes you club. feel powerful yeah, yeah i do think men have been the only ones allowed to be vulgar and be societally accepted for a while plus I, especially like sexually men have been the only ones who are allowed to be sexually promiscuous or talk about a man right. or a woman that way so for a woman to talk about herself that way still feels empowering even if it isn't in the long run helping yeah. anything it's kind of the same thing as black people saying the n-word you know it's like taking something back it's not necessarily good but it's still like i feel more empowered for doing this thing that other people used to do to bring me down i I don't like that comparison to the N-word, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I feel like the N-word is such its own thing. Like the N like the N-word was specifically used to like be a derogatory term towards black mm -hmm. people and like men being over sexualized was not specifically used to hold down women. I'm talking like, about women being over sexualized. I I meant men speaking in more over sexualized language. Oh yeah, yeah. And so like women using over sexualized language does not elicit the same kind of like victory in my mind as black people using the n-word right you know what i mean like that's something where it's like that's so cool that that's happened that black people have taken this word that was meant to be as aggressive and negative and detrimental to their lives as possible and now they use it as saying my man yeah like, that's awesome but uh 
it doesn't feel the same for me when a very liberal feminist woman speaks very aggressively sexually because it feels like it happens in spaces that normally that wouldn't happen in there's maybe not though I do think that no matter the space where a woman speaks like that you are going to look twice at it because you're not used to women talking like that whether or not it's I don't think there's really any space where that's like quote unquote acceptable for men or women, but it still does happen. Well, yeah. And you would look twice if a woman did it and not necessarily if a man did. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. Cause even when I'm listening to like stand up comedy, I like listening to stand up comedy. And so I'll listen to stand up comedians and like when a man is like super sexual in his comedy, it's like almost expected. Yeah. You don't even think about it. But when a woman I feel like all stand-up comedians joke about sex because sex is this thing within our culture and just in general that's so it's like the scariest thing a person can do is have sex like it's what everyone thinks about all the time but it's the most terrifying thing because it reveals this part of you that like you're naked like you are bearing everything about yourself to this other person and you're doing the most intimate thing you can do and so we have to joke about sex because it's terrifying Mm. you know it's the most terrifying thing and we joke about things that scare us you know Hmm. interesting hypothesis i mean that's just we do like we joke about things to normalize them so we joke about death and rape it's just interesting to think of sex being so being terrifying it is like if you really think about it like everyone wants to do it all the time but like the actual act of having sex with somebody else is a terrifying thing ah, who are you (laughs) what are you doing (laughs) I don't know. I think it depends on your confidence level. Yeah, but even within that, like, so much of... This has gotten very sexual. (laughs) Not in, like, a bad way, but I think we're talking a lot about sex, which I think should be... (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like it should be pointed out, but I don't know why. I feel like... Just for Patty. Shut up. (laughs) Oh, also, I wanted to say this at the beginning. Um, To all my listeners out there, you heard last episode with Ethan... Uh, oh gross um you heard last episode with ethan that i made an email that you can email into which i'm so excited about (laughs) no one's gonna do it but i'm so excited it makes me so happy um so that's conversation therapy cast at gmail.com once again that's conversation therapy cast at gmail.com um thank you so much um, if you <laughs> sent an email, um, I know you didn't because I haven't even released like the last episode yet. <laughs> um, but thank you for sending one. I would love to hear a topic that you would want us to talk about. Maybe a guest you want to have on the show, um, or just anything that you have to say responses to what I've said in the past. Maybe you hate something I said. You disagree with me vehemently. Um, or you disagree with me on my guess, but probably not because I'm usually the one saying stupid things. Somebody's going to gonna email in who loves that movie that you were railing on about where the... Oh, <laughs> Sweet Home Alabama. Oh, my gosh. They'll email in with a plot synopsis about how you're wrong. If that's you, why don't you go ahead and uh, <laughs> listen to the episode with Luke and Bree and take some of that advice that we gave, specifically the birthday advice about drowning yourself. <laughs> my word <laughs> that's bad because that's like my wife's whole family likes that movie don't guys don't do it i don't recommend drowning actually 
Um, so I had a few things that I wanted to talk about and I'm not sure if I'm going to do this with you, but like I want to talk through the different books that I'm reading and I don't know if I'm going to do that by myself or not, but let me, um, the books that I have so far read this year, uh, since Christmas, I'm counting that as this year. Um, today is January 5th, 6th, 6th. today's January 6th, January 6th, 2020. Sort of some context. Um, I read Velvet Elvis and Love Wins by Rob Bell. <coughs> Velvis. Velvis and Love Wins <laughs> and Lovers. Um, Velvet Elvis and Love Wins by Rob Bell and also The Great Divorce by C.S. Lewis. All three of which I would highly recommend um, to, I guess, just you, Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> also you patty shout out you shout out me in the future because i'll be listening and summer in the car when you make her listen uh no she only listens to the episodes with me and her so she can tell me to take them down because we said something inappropriate <laughs> shout out the fact that those are all private now <laughs> what did you say that was she thought except was for a couple i'm not gonna bring them up because we don't want them up <laughs> okay and i'm also in the process oh of reading the book pagan christianity uh by george barna and frank viola incredible book i'm loving it so far i'm like 40 pages into it um it's basically about how all of the traditions of the church that we have do not have any grounding in anything biblical they come from pagan culture and what that means and if that's okay or if that's not okay and i'm loving it um so those are the books that i'm reading or those three books that i've read that's the one book that i'm reading and these are the books that i have to read this year Ugh, excuse me you read the bo burnham one too I did read. I read uh, Egghead. Egghead by Bo Burnham, a book of poetry, and I loved it. I need to reread a lot of those because there's so much stuff in there. I feel like reading a book of, like, quickly reading a book of poetry. You can't. Is like trying to, is like trying to, what is, what is it? I don't know. It's like running past a waterfall and trying to get all of the experience of a waterfall by running around it and seeing all the different angles. It's like, just sit down and look. <laughs> You know, like you running around and seeing all the different sizes of the waterfall isn't helpful. Just sit down and look at it and be in awe. I think it's like eating a whole sandwich in one bite. <laughs> Shout out middle school. Not even chewing it. Just. Right. And then where's all the flavors? You don't get them. I mean, you get sure, a little yeah, bit of them. Like you ate the sandwich, but did you really eat yeah. the sandwich? You just a bad boy. Yeah. That's my thoughts. But you can also sprint past a waterfall if you want to be pretentious. <laughs> it's like going to we the... get it. You read poetry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like going to the bathroom and wiping once and leaving. You're not going to get all... Of, with that? You're not going to get all everything that was there. I have an unpopular there's so, opinion. There's so Are much more there. Are you ready for my there? unpopular opinion? I don't. Um, wait, let me pull up the unpopular opinion track. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Go Everyone's going to think this is gross. I don't always wash my hands after my pee. I don't think you have to. After you pee? Yeah. Do you? Get All I touch is toilet paper. Sorry about it. <laughs> I don't think it matters. I, okay. If you're a boy, you touch your willy. Yeah, that's you, gross. Wash no, your you hands. No, you don't. <laughs> Not always. But if you're a girl, all you touch is toilet paper. Why do you have to wash your why, hands after why that? Why is it different for poop then? Because you exist because of fecal oral diseases. <laughs> You okay getting pee in your mouth, but not poop? There's no pee on my hands, but those could be like poop spores. Pee is sterile. It is. I, we looked this up on a different episode. <laughs> pee is sterile. Um, for dudes specifically, you know what I'm talking about, dudes, when you go into the bathroom <laughs> and you do the zip zip and the pull pull, and then you don't touch nothing and you just pss, 
and then you do the hip, hip shake and then you put it up and then you zip and then you don't need to wash your hands because you didn't touch nothing. That's See, you don't have to touch anything as a girl. I just think I just think that's a bit of a scam. I, I would venture to say that's probably an unpopular opinion. I don't care. I'm a nasty boy. <laughs> Shout out to all my nasty dumpster girls out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. Shout out to all my dumpster girls. <laughs> With leg tattoos and, and piercings on their back dimples. <laughs> with the piercings on the side of your spine where you can lace it up with ribbon. Have you oh, seen that? Gross. It's like a like Shout a corset. out to all my girls who got pierced dimples Shout on their Shout out to all my girls with face. corset backs. Shout out to all my dumpster girls that wear nothing but crop tops every day, even when it's two degrees out. What's that? Why does that make you a dumpster girl? It makes you a dumpster girl and you know it. No. Okay. Here's another unpopular opinion I have. <laughs> Okay. Vests. I'm talking specifically tight crop tops. Vests are stupid. Vests are so stupid. There has never been a time in your life when your stomach was cold and your extremities were not. I know a couple Vests dudes are named dumb. Reginald who would like to argue with you. And <laughs> long sleeved, like hoodie crop tops are the inverse of vests, and they make a lot of sense because there's a lot of time where your core temperature is hot. But your extremities are cool because they're always cooler because there's less blood flow out there. So it makes sense to cover those up, but let some blood flow get to your to your stomach. Or some airflow. Vests. Long sleeve crop tops <laughs> are the inverse of vests, and they make way more sense. That's a thing. Yeah. It's just like a like a hoodie that's this cropped. This is like a dude wearing a hoodie and shorts like me right now. It don't make no sense in the real world. But it does. It backwards. Because your arms are way more likely like to be cold than your legs. But there's that thing. I always think of the scene in uh, Batman Begins. <clears throat> Shout out that movie. When he falls in the ice and then there he's like trying to warm up and he's rubbing his arms and he goes, rub your chest. Your arms will take care of themselves. I well, that's because you're rubbing your chest with your arms. Well, it's because the, the blood comes from the center. Much yeah. like football. <laughs> Shout out to all my sports. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Shout out to all my sports out there. We're talking tennis. We're talking darts. We're talking competitive pickle eating. Lacrosse. We're talking. <laughs> We're talking Lacroix. <laughs> That's the first thing that came to my head. I was like, "That's not it." I know that's not it. <laughs> you know the one where you burp all the time. <laughs> what are there? What are other forgotten sports? We're talking cheerleading. Soccer. We're talking gymnastics. We're talking cross country. We're talking Mexican football. What is that? Soccer. Oh. <laughs> Instead of American football. We're talking rugby. Dude, rugby's so intense, man. Don't they not card at all in rugby? No, they do. Oh. They do. You get like put in a penalty and you can get kicked out if you like have like challenges and tackles that are like near the head and very dangerous. Sheesh. Because you're not wearing any pads. You're just you're just out there blasting people. No pad boys. Shout out to all my no pad boys. <laughs> There's a transgender joke in there that I don't want to make. <laughs> Shout out to all my cis boys. All my no pad boys. <laughs> my cis boys. Oh. <laughs> yeah. My cisgender brothers. My no pad boys. <laughs> <laughs> it's also poor DJs. Because they have the pads that they play things on okay we'll talk later uh, anyways but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's one ding for one bad joke um <laughs> three dings uh, and we're ending the podcast <laughs> <laughs> 
other books. I'm rereading God and the Transgender Debate by uh, Andrew T. Walker. Highly recommend. <laughs> Speaking of no bad boys. Speaking of no bad boys. <laughs> uh, the Road Back to You, which is a book about the Enneagram, uh, which is great. The Naked Now by Richard Rohr. Uh, I'm really looking well, forward to that one. Naked. Now. <laughs> And I thought my naked boys. Uh, speaking of that, the next book is entitled Sex God by Rob Bell. It's about dealing with uh, Christianity, religions, and exploring the endless connections between sexuality and spirituality. True facts. Um, and then C.S. Lewis, The Problem of Pain, is also on the list. <clears throat> so that's five books I will be reading. I've read three, and I'm in, I've read four, and I'm in the process of reading one. Imagine um, your name being Clive Staples. I would never write <laughs> for the shame of it. <laughs> Imagine if you chose that to be your pen name. <laughs> what are the worst pen names to choose? Clive Staples Cussler. <laughs> what are like people's actual names that are just the worst pen name? Because Rob Bell sounds like a pen name. Like that sounds too good. Yeah. But then you so, got isn't that what they did in uh, National got, Treasure? You got other names like Peter Dinklage that are the worst. <laughs> Do you hear my joke? That was good. Joke. National Treasure pen names. I said, isn't that what they did in National Treasure after you said Rob Bell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite scene in National Treasure is when they <laughs> Rob Bell. <laughs> if you're defending the Constitution. Uh-huh. No, the Declaration, I said the wrong word. Are they? No, they're different. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Are they different? Shout out to all my Republican listeners. You're mad right now. That's one thing for one angry Republican. <laughs> this is the anger level of your average Republican after Katrina didn't know the difference between Constitution and Declaration. <laughs> I all the Federalists start quaking. <laughs> That's my Speaking favorite thing that, that dude rode through the town on his horse. was like, the Federalists are quaking. <laughs> One by land, two by the Federalist Quake. <laughs> uh, uh, that's my favorite dumb. brand of oatmeal. <laughs> <laughs> the Federalists are quaking. <laughs> this quaking oats. <laughs> quaking oats. It's like Mexican jumping beans, but not racist. <laughs> Ooh, vibe check. <laughs> we didn't pass. I was going to say, I just found out yesterday Patagonia is a place and not just a brand. <laughs> is it like Southern Tip or something of the South Americas? Yeah, it's like Chile, I think. <laughs> I don't know. I just found out yesterday. I honestly just knew it was like the little expensive outdoor gear. Yeah, it's so dumb. Like, why is that so... I don't know. I don't know, because I think that there's all these dudes out there who want to be like... I'm a manly uh, fun hunter farmer boy. I'm a ma uh, hunter farmer boy. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> they're also illiterate. <laughs> yeah, and they're all the ones that are like, all you dumb, all you dumb hipsters out there wearing skinny jeans and all you're paying for all this rip stuff. And it's like, you're going to pay $300 for a Patagonia hat? Why don't you shut up, Jeff? <clears throat> Hot take. His name wouldn't be Jeff. Yeah, His it would. would be... Dalton. Alec. <laughs> Alec. Dalton yeah, okay. All you stupid parents out there who forgot how to say Alexander. Alexander. 
Who's, who did that? I don't know. Alec is a dumb name. Hot take. Oh, Alecander. <laughs> That's fair. I don't the like... The Lost Library of Alecandria. <laughs> <laughs> Alecander the Great. <laughs> Conquered all of Perka. <laughs> Perka. That's my favorite rap song. Molly Perka. <sighs> When the perka hits. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Change up the beat. I like that. Ghosts only. When the ghosts get rowdy. Do I count as a ghost because I died once? Sure. Alright, at this point it has to be a drinking game. When Michael mentions <laughs> drowning on the podcast, right. you take a shot because I do it every time, so many times. Maybe just take a sip of your drink, because you'll die if you do that. One time? <clears throat> Never mind. I'm 19. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about smoking, because you could do that legally up until a little bit ago. I think you still can in a lot of townships. It just depends on where you are. Really? Like Columbus just changed their tobacco thing to 21. But other places, it's still 18. <sighs> What's your favorite brand of cigarette? Email me at conversationtherapycast at gmail.com. <laughs> Which one do you like to taste the best when you chew it up in your mouth? <laughs> Which filter is the best when you stick it in your ear to hear the music? Which one goes down the smoothest? <laughs> yeah. Which one of those doesn't leave a bit of taste after you leave it in your gum for three hours? <laughs> Imagine using cigarettes like dip to stick it in your gum. <laughs> like a whole cigarette <laughs> with the filter and all the paper all the way just wrapped around. <laughs> like when you used to put oranges on your teeth as a kid. <laughs> except you got cigarettes in there. Like cigarette grills. <laughs> yeah. Like weaving in and out of your yeah. teeth. <laughs> oh, gross. Ah. <laughs> uh, um, so I have down in my phone. Let's talk about Christians and swearing. Okay. What about it? <clears throat> Let's talk about it. That's what my phone said, so it's gotta be a thing I thought of about it at some point. Uh, uh, when I was growing up, it was like, nobody swore, but then you realize that Christians do swear when they're with each other. And then I read the verse that said, set an example for other believers in speech and purity. And I was like, oh, it's not just for other people. I can't swear even when I'm around Christians. But I... I'm not super strict about that. Does God care about swearing? I mean... Okay, God doesn't care about us saying, oh my God, let's get that out the way. That verse is taken way out of context. Taking the name of your Lord your God in vain has zero things to do with me saying, oh my God. I don't say it anyways because it's a habit for me not to and it feels weird to say that, so I never do. But if somebody else says that and you get offended, you can shut up, Karen, and go to the back pew. No! <laughs> Sorry, Karen. I didn't know you were here in the room. <laughs> That's my bad. <laughs> That's what you need this for. <laughs> I was doing the um the voice of the nervous fish in Finding Nemo when they say he's just a boy, and she goes, "It's a Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Anyway, Christians and swearing, because I think there was a, a post that I was looking at the other day on some, I don't know, I read it somewhere. <laughs> I, <Ooh>. I don't <laughs> Receipts. And um, 
it was talking about how like as a counselor and as a principal and as a teacher like positions where you work with kids a lot the power and um the um what's the word the clout that it gives you not clout but the in that it gives you with a student with an like a well-timed dropped swear word mm-hmm. you know because so then it makes gravity. you yeah it, it well not only that but also makes you approachable like if you're talking to somebody and you say like you have to drop it in the right way um i don't know i think there's something to be said for being able to know that words matter Mm-hmm. And being able to use your words effectively, because there are some people that I know who just swear all the time. Like, the F word is just part of their vocabulary. Right. And it means nothing to them, but it means something to everybody else. And so I don't want to be desensitized, because I'm also listening to, like, <clears throat> a lot of rap songs. <laughs> Shout out me being white. <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of rap songs. <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of, what do you call them, rappers? Uh, vocal artists, linguistic artists, they I, call them. I, you probably have never heard of them. I listen to like Logic and Post Malone. <laughs> I actually was just listening to Logic My name yesterday. Is Alicander. I'm in a frat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, it's not that I love khakis. It's just that like, they look good on me. <laughs> I just thought that was the thing for my NF concert. <laughs> I mean, okay, call me crazy, but don't I look freaking dope in this Patagonia hat? <laughs> you're not wearing vineyard vines are you really dressed oh my goodness i mean roll up your pants one more time please i want to see those fancy socks (laughs) oh my my goodness what kind of vans are those are those black vans with a stripe on them never seen them before are those your wedding shoes (laughs) that's for those fancy vans (laughs) vancies (laughs) charles oh my goodness that coat's so tight i can see your chest hair through the fabric Prep boys doing up chest hair. Hot take. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of Alicander being a guest on the show at some point. <laughs> Who comes on? Alicander Beta Phi. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a great name for a Wi-Fi. <laughs> that is good. A sorority name for fi- oh man if a sorority or i don't remember what the rules are which one can be pi or which one can be- i don't know ma'am can you even be phi i think it's just pi or chi i know all those words if you can be phi if a sorority house doesn't have their wi-fi network named like right delta phi that's so good that's really i good. think it's not a thing though. i think it's just pi that'd be pretty funny too though we're on the beach now. Delta Y Pi. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't know if yeah, Christians and swearing is that big of a topic, but I think it's something where we have put an inordinate amount of effort into getting Christians to stop saying swear words and a lot less effort into a lot of other things that could really make an impact in the world. I think there's something to be said for being separated from the world, but I also think there's like bad things to be said for being separated from the world. But I do think there have there have been situations for me and almost everybody else that I've talked to that doesn't swear where they're in like a normal work environment and people will be like, oh, you don't cuss. And like, it's like the stupid thing that they always say, like, people will ask what's different about you. But I think that actually can happen if you don't swear when you're working in like a working class environment. People will recognize that there's something different. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Even like white collar, like a lot of people swear. Mm-hmm. And you don't write. Like in business meetings, people will swear just like at lunch. 
<clears throat> and I'm not saying you like can't be a Christian and cuss, but I do think that I don't know because I I, don't know, I can't I, raise a conversation. I've experienced that a couple times, where, like you don't swear, but then I've also experienced a couple times when people were having a conversation and they didn't want me to be there because they thought I was the Christian guy. Right, that's fair. And I didn't like that because then I was like, no, dude, like. What do I have to drop a couple swear words to let you know that I'm a real person and that I want to be a part of your life? Like all of these things and not just the whitewash things. Like I, I would always hate it when I was a pastor and I would be like, I was at the DMV one time, saw this dude I hadn't seen since high school and we were just catching up or whatever. We graduated together. And I was like, oh, dude, what are you up to? And he's like, oh, I'm a mechanic. He's like, what are you up to? I'm like, oh, I'm a pastor. He goes, oh, yeah, I went to church at Easter. And I was like, I don't give a crap. That was like two months ago. Like, why do I care? <laughs> When the last time you went to some church. I remember you telling me about this. I think that one is a little bit, though. I do think people will maybe, like, put on airs, but I think people do that for any job. If I tell people, like, oh, I'm a plumber, they're like, oh, my pipe just burst. Like, they <laughs> still want to. I also poop. They want to make conversation no matter what. And that's just they have to go to, like, Christianity for that one. But for other people, when I'm like, oh, I work at a group home, they're like, oh, my grandma's in one. Like, okay. Yeah, maybe people are just bad conversationalists and I yeah. took it differently, but I always feel like it changes the conversation because like that, like when you say, oh, my grandma's in a group home, that invites more conversation. But when, when I would say I'm a pastor, the conversation would almost assuredly grind to a halt in the next three com like sentences that we exchanged. Not like small talk is ever particularly <clears throat> invigorating. Well, you got me there. Welcome um, back to conversation therapy where we don't believe talking <laughs> does anything. <laughs> Thanks so much for calling in. I'll wait. Oh, that makes me uncomfortable. Stop. Say something. <laughs> mm. I watched the new movie Parasite. Have you seen it? No, but it looks dope and I want to see it. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Okay. Stop. I do think I watched it with. It's like this year, right? I'm going to yeah, watch that tonight. It's from 2019. Last I watched year. it with some what people who had watched a bunch of like YouTube reviews on it. Were like, it's so high rated and everything. So I think that they were kind of like went into it thinking it was going to be good. So they already had a really high opinion. I do think it was a good film, but they went into it and everything that happened. They were like, this is already so complex. And I was like, I mean, like it's good. <laughs> it yeah. was a good film, and there were definitely some like thought provoking parts of it. Um, and I think it was a really good commentary on a lot of things, but. Dang it, I'm so sad I haven't seen it. It was good. It was really good, actually. Have you seen the new Star Wars? No, I don't watch it. Well, I've those. seen that. They're ha -ha. canon. <laughs> They're what? I just don't. I'm not bothering to keep up with the new Star Wars. That's I don't fine. think any of them are canon, but four, five, six, one, two, three. <laughs> are you really? Are you a Star Wars? Are you a Star Wars girl in a Star Wars world? So fantastic, made of lightsabers? I like the Star Wars movies. I'm not like a huge into it i haven't seen him for a couple years but i thought they were good i watched them like when you and david were living at home and would watch them a lot i'd watch them too i liked them i watched them all the time but then i just think i don't know i thought it was good and we didn't need to keep going <laughs> i think they're kind of milking it it's well like everyone's milking it man the equivalent of making three hobbit movies like i mean which okay all suck. we didn't need three of them why did they all suck they had like a huge budget I don't know. No, I Lord just, of the Rings films were so good, and it was made uh, so long ago, and the effects are timeless, and mm -hmm. it's like, why did you ruin The Hobbit, which was maybe my favorite of all the books? The book is so good. Uh, shout out to nerds out there. But yeah, just, I don't know, I that, think. That's a light bell ring for all my nerds. <laughs> Aw. Just a little quiet one for you. 
Congratulations. So I'm not worried about keeping up with the new Star Wars because I don't really consider them. I feel like what's been done is good. I don't need to see more. Have you seen Rogue One? Mm, Don't think so. That's maybe my favorite of all Star Wars films. Wow. Yeah. High praise because it's super good. It's about, do you know what it's about? Uh, Girl. You remember the story, like it's in maybe The Empire Strikes Back when the lady is like, we lost many Botham spies to get this knowledge. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's that? It's the story of them getting the plans for the Death Star. That's cool. And they all die in the end. Not, I mean, it's a spoiler alert, but everyone knows that. Because I all... didn't. Shout out to me spoiling that for you right now. <laughs> I feel bad. I'm never going to watch it. <laughs> That's one ding for Michael's heart feeling bad. I do have Disney Plus. I could watch him. Dude, we should watch Rogue One. That also just feels like stressful to me, though. That's a lot to keep up on. <laughs> what? They come out with a new one all the time. Once a year. Yeah. That's three hours out of year. Let's do the math, huh? Let me pull up my math typing blah, music. Blah, blah, blah. I don't watch a lot of movies. Let me pull up my math typing music. And uh, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Anyway, nine, Parasite 10. was good. We should watch it. You should watch it. Um, I would say... Sorry, I'm typing math right now. It's similar to Get Out. Ooh, like that movie. In that it's good as both an independent film and as a social commentary. 8,760 hours in a year? <laughs> 8,757 left after I watched the Star Wars movie. <laughs> uh, three. <added. laughs> what was it? 8,760? Yeah. That is... I'm not going to be able to do that, man. <laughs> what? Wait. <laughs> Your math music's really stressful. 99.965753% of your time would be spent not on Star Wars. Thanks so much uh, to Math for showing up this episode. And I feel like also I would need to re-watch all of the first ones before watching these new ones. So that's a huge undertaking. You wouldn't actually, though. They're made but to I be. But I would want to. Okay, well, alrighty then, if you're going to be one of those. My yeah. ear itches. Thank you. Give a, give a light a light ding for all the ear itchers. <laughs> That's a heavy. Oh, one for each of the ears that I have. Five of them. <laughs> like the, oh, what's the, the Minotaur from Greek mythology covered in eyes? You're his nemesis. It's <laughs> covered in ears. I was thinking more like the scene in... What's uh, his name? Spy Kids with Floops Fooglies. Oh, or yeah. in the end, he makes Minion have all those heads with all those ears. Is it just the Minotaur? Is that just what his name is? Um, he doesn't even have a lot of eyes. Argus. Argus has a lot of eyes. Mm. Shout out to all my Percy Jackson readers. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's a one. Mom and I were in... Um, one thing for all my Percys out there. In Furniture Row today. Yeah, mom Which texted is, Summer and was like, you should go get a massage from this specific chair. It'll I've change your life. I've been telling everybody about this and nobody listens to me. It's I'm a go free tomorrow. date. And oh my word, Cooper and I go there and we have fake names. We pretend to be shopping for furniture and then we just sit in the massage <laughs> chairs. It is so good. Anyway, we were in I there. I don't think that the minimum wage workers there care if you want to use the massage chairs. It's not. That a lot of them work off commission, so they'll like come up and bug you. Or there's like men in suits, but whatever. Um, we were in there, and Mom thought we'd only been in there for like a like a half hour. I was like, Mom, we've been in here for an hour at least. And then I was in the chairs. Yeah, and I was thinking you can about be in them that long. <laughs> yes. I'm gonna go tonight. I was thinking about there was this. Um, 
in the Percy Jackson books, there was this one hotel run by somebody from Greek mythology where he could like manipulate time. And anytime you went in there, you thought it had been like just a couple days, but you'd been in there years. Yeah. Like you'd been in there since the eighties. And I was like, that's how these massage chairs feel. <laughs> like <laughs> we don't, time is different in here. <laughs> Did I tell you about the time we got into those fancy massage chairs at the uh, Columbus Home and Garden show? Mm-hmm. Oh man, that was a great experience. <laughs> so yeah, well, if let any me of tell you the story, there, Mitchell. If you're podcast. looking out there for a for a cheap date for you and your beau, go to Furniture Row and pick the second massage chair from the left. <laughs> Do the uh, Swedish massage. Would recommend. That's the Swedish massage you can get. The Swedish massage. <laughs> Anyways, let me tell the story. I got free tickets to go to the Columbus Home and Garden show, and it was snowing real bad, but we were there from early times, and they had a whole booth set up for fancy massage chairs, the ones that you lay down in that like you put your fingers in between like massaging things and your legs and all the way up your body, and they encase you, and they'll lay you back, and then they give these crazy massages, and there was no line. And so Mom and I were doing them, and we did like the the demo. like good night one. It was like this is what the one you do before you go to bed, and it was like the demo that was like five or ten minutes. And then we like sat up, and the dude was like, "Nobody else is in line. You want to do like a full half hour?" And we were <laughs> yes! like, "Yes!" <laughs> <laughs> right in this guy's ear, we were screaming and blowing out the mic, and he was like, "Oh no, okay." And so Dad was like, "There was another chair," and and we were like, "Dad, do you want to get in this chair?" And he's like, "No, I'm good." <laughs> It was like, what is wrong with you? So mom and I, he like went and did something else while mom and I got massaged. It might've been for an hour, like an hour long of being in these massage chairs. It was incredible. And it like was the full thing. So we did the wake up one, which is like, there's either it pulls the blood away from your heart or it pushes the blood to your heart. Probably pulls it away. I don't remember, man, but it was so incredible. Yeah. Um, so I was going to read, um, have you read the book uh by the great have you read the book i forget all the names of words divorce by clive clive slewis no um okay have you read any c.s lewis i think i read maybe mere christianity i don't know i get recommended him all the time and i want to read him but for some reason i just it's exhausting like it takes mental power to read because he uses big words and old words yeah Big words and old words, of course, being my favorite uh, 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 spoken word guy. It's a duo, and one of them only uses small words, and the other one only uses new words. Um, shout out to good jokes. Not that one. Two two down, one left. We end the podcast. <laughs> when I make another bad joke? <laughs> well, we might as well end it yesterday. <laughs> um. I was going to read things that I had underlined from Velvet Elvis because that was a really good one. Velvis. Velvis. Um, but while I do, while I find that, I want to give you a prompt and you're going to talk about it. Um, there was a student. I was talking to a teacher. Not going to say who. Was I, it your wife? I'm not going to say who. <laughs> I know a lot of teachers, actually. <laughs> and they were talking to their student whose mother got out of jail and had told this this student is being raised by her grandmother her mother got out of jail and let it drop to the kids in a phone call that she was getting out both mom and dad are in jail um and she never contacted the kid once she got out of jail she let it drop to the grandma she let it drop to the kid so the kid knew mom's out of jail and has not contacted me for like a couple weeks yikes and the kid said to the grandma not a question but she said it's okay to love someone and not like them at the same time. 
in fourth grade. Oh my word. Saying like that amount of presence of mind and maturity and like that have been forcing yourself to mature like that that's a very high level concept and a very emotionally mature concept but also a very sad thing for a fourth grader to have to experience yeah so that's the prompt think about it talk about it while i find a, a, a place where i use the pan um looking back on my childhood i can see now when i realized that but as a kid i wasn't able to process that for a long time and even i blamed it on other things that just happened at the time and said like this is why like when i realized my parents weren't perfect i blamed it on something else that had happened and i said like that's why their character changed and in my head they had been like perfect before then and then this life event had occurred and then it was like oh they're grumpy sometimes oh they like do the wrong thing and then i didn't realize I mean, obviously, I realized sooner than that, like, oh, my parents aren't perfect soon after that. But then just within the past couple of years, I realized, oh, that was my child coping mechanism to think that it was an outside force that brought that on rather than just them being a human being. But I had had something to cope with it to say, like, this was the cause of that change. Wow. That's intense. Yeah. I didn't realize until really recently, like, oh, that's not facts at all. That was just how... I like wrapped my mind around the concept that my parents were not perfect, that everybody was human. That's a big moment. Yeah. Like, cause when you really think about it, any teen out there could like just say to their parents, no, you're not in charge of me. And what are the parents going to do? They're going to call the cops? No. Sometimes. Well, you can't get your teen taken away for just not listening to your rules. <laughs> you know, that's your kid. Yeah can't put them up for adoption that's your dang that your dang kid um, so velvet elvis is a book by rob bell um and basically the idea behind it um is that he is kind of rethinking the christian faith talking about how like elvis is a very well-known figure and there's this painting that was at this house that was like a velvet painting of elvis and how like that so they paint, painted on velvet it was uh impressive yes and no that kind of idea and this person had like signed their name to it and like the the idea that that was like their life's work was this painting and how like that was their contribution to the art of painting and he's saying this is his velvet elvis his contribution to so many other people who have come before him who have like rethought the christian faith and all these things um which i really liked that picture and so he's talking about a lot of different things but basically he starts and this is like at the beginning in the preface he says we must keep reforming the way the christian faith is defined lived and explained the problem isn't jesus the problem is what comes with jesus and i thought that was a good introduction um he's talking about god and he says our words aren't absolutes only god is absolute and god has no intention of sharing this absoluteness with anything especially words people mm-hmm. have come up with to talk about him that's good and i thought that was very well put because a lot of times I like to think that I know so much about God when the reality is in the in the Great Divorce by C.S. Lewis, he's talking like it's it's a story about heaven and hell, like an allegory. Like he, he made up the story and like kind of tries to picture it. And so in this story, like the idea is that these people come on a bus from hell to heaven and then there's people in heaven who are trying to like convince them to come with them and to be saved. And this idea like that these people are living in hell 
Um, and then as throughout the book, as the story goes on, this person becomes more and more like within this, within the realm of heaven. And, um, in the end, he's talking about the bus that they came into to get into heaven and this heaven is beautiful, like this beautiful forest or whatever. And then he says, where is it? Like, where was the bus stop that I came in at? Surely it must be miles back because they've been walking the whole time. And he says, no, it's that crack that's by your feet right there. Like the tiny little crack in the dust of the dirt, that's hell. And like, that's the idea is that hell is so tiny in comparison to the, like, th oh man, now I'm going to have to find Like the magnitude of heaven or yeah. the splendor or something? Yeah, basically. Um, I'm going to be really sad if I can't find this, but it's, I underlined that's it. That's interesting because a lot of the time people emphasize hell so much more than heaven. Right. And this dude, it was all. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so he's talking about that. Um, he says, it seems big enough when you're in it. Um, he's talking to his like master. Or this guy, his teacher is what he calls him. And then the teacher says, and yet all loneliness, angers, hatreds, envies, and itchings that it contains, hell that it contains, if rolled into one single experience and put into the scale against the least moment of joy that is felt by the least in heaven would have no weight that could be registered at all. Wow. Bad cannot succeed even in being bad as truly as good is good. And that idea is so beautiful to me. Mm. Then he talks about there's this woman um, who was like reaching out to this damned soul and like he said, well, why can't she go into hell to like try to bring him back? Why doesn't she do that? Um, and the teacher's response is, he says, couldn't she just make herself smaller? And he says, nothing, nothing like small enough for a damned soul is nearly nothing. It is shrunk, shut up in itself. Good beats upon the damned incessantly as sound waves beat on the ears of the deaf, but they cannot receive it. Their fists are clenched, their teeth are clenched, their eyes fast shut. Mm. First, they will not. In the end, they cannot. Open their hands for gifts or their mouth for food or their eyes to see. He says that no one can ever reach them. And the teacher says, only the greatest of all can make himself small enough to enter hell. For the higher a thing is, the lower it can descend. Ooh. A man can sympathize with a horse, but a horse cannot sympathize with a rat. Only one has descended into hell. That's Ooh, good. That's I got chills again. Bars. Yeah, that's it was so good. And this idea that Jesus descended into hell, which is like the world in which we live. Yeah. And how, I mean, the whole idea of like love wins by Rob Bell and like Velvet Oz, he's painting this picture of like, we're either living in heaven or hell now. Like as a Christian, it's not about going somewhere else at the end it's about living in heaven or hell now in the world in which we live and the way in which we live every day. At this point, I'm just monologuing. Um, but let me find something that'll be a good conversation starter. Wait, no, I have something to say. Yeah, please. Um, I, I don't know what reminded me of this, something that you said. I read a thing, probably like a Tumblr post or something stupid about, how we a lot of the times in our head will combine legality and morality even though they're really not that correlated at all and it was talking about how we're always mm. there was like this story where somebody had robbed all these computers but then they figured out from like stuff on the computers that it was for like some sort of crisis center and so they returned them all with like an apology note and we're always so surprised when we hear stuff like that because we combine legality and morality a lot mm. but just because people are like 
Just because someone's stealing, it doesn't mean they're immoral, you know? Just because someone is, I, I don't know, just it's like in Aladdin, like when like yeah. he like steals stuff to eat, like what? What's the line in the song? Um. Oh. Uh, Do you know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about, but all I can think of is who's gone beyond the plate. That's all I can think <laughs> that's of. From the little yeah, I know it's from a different movie, and that's why it's terrible. <laughs> that I'm thinking that. Uh, Something gotta eat. Straight rat. Just a gotta, little snack, guys. Gotta eat to live, gotta steal to eat. Tell you all about it when I got the time. Oh, uh, yeah. That's so intense. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of the time we think all oh, these ruffians <laughs> and right. thugs who are doing this stuff, but they could genuinely be good people, and the yeah. system just isn't set up for everybody. Yup. And, yeah. I, don't I read know. this article I don't know why earlier. I was talking about this person who's super poor and they said when you are impoverished minor inconveniences ruin your life Hmm. Um, and his point was that at one point he got his car taken away um, impounded for like he parked in a wrong spot totally his fault but then he said and they said it's going to be a couple it's going to be a hundred dollars like 150 dollars and he said i don't have the money i'll come back to you and have a paycheck comes back like four days later when he gets his paycheck and they say, oh, well, we charge a storage fee. So it's oh like $600 now. So stupid. And so he said, I will never have the money to pay for this. I can't get my car out. And he said, like, I can't. Like, I do not make enough money to be able to make the money to be able to get my car out. Yeah. It will forever be what, like, in there. And they said, well, after a certain point, we're just going to sell it because it's been impounded. I'll steal it And back. so he was saying how he had to walk six miles to work every day. He oh and his wife- word. And, like, it's raining and all this stuff. And so they go into work wet and smelly, like, for weeks. And so this minor inconvenience for somebody else of losing their car and having to pay 150 bucks, Yeah. Literally ruined his life because he and his wife lost their jobs and couldn't, like, have food to eat or anything because of their car being impounded. Which, yeah. he, like, he never was, like, fighting against them. He said, like, it sucks. But, like, a lot of these people who have money and who maybe are like they're like your money saving tips are good but i can't save up thirty dollars to buy the nice toaster that's going to last me longer if all i have is ten dollars yeah and i will never be able to buy the thirty dollar toaster i'm just gonna have to replace the ten dollar toaster as many times as i have because i don't have the money to buy the thirty dollar toaster and i never will yeah and this picture of like we have to eat like we, it's not that I don't want to, like your money saving it's tips are like good. It's not like I want to eat McDonald's every day, but it's that I need to put food in my children's mouth. <laughs> exactly. And like, I, I don't have the money. Like he said that this person, it's always some person who writes these like money saving tips and article and it always assumes that you have money to begin with. Yeah. Like you can't invest money for the future if you, if you don't have money and you can't like. You can't invest if you're using your paycheck to pay your bills. <laughs> yeah. And you can't like all of these things that people take for granted. And this guy was saying like, oh no, no, this thing can like literally ruined my life when this happened. Yeah. Um, great article. And I feel like if he, if he would have like stolen his car back i think that's totally justified like it's Mm. his and he needed to survive but it's still like in other people's minds like he didn't pay the consequences for his actions like like they would combine that with immorality when in reality like his livelihood is on the line Uh of like a stupid little parking infringement which is like looking at aladdin like he's humanized because he steals that food which you're like yeah the shop owner like that's his food 
but then he gives it to these other starving children. Right, who couldn't get it for themselves. Right, and even he couldn't get it for himself. And Abu, of course, was not <laughs> wanting to give away the food. <laughs> Shout out, Abu. We're you know what you did. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so then you have like this beautiful I feel like picture. you could do a literary, literary analysis of Aladdin. Abu is the shadow. <laughs> <laughs> is this just Peter Pan? <laughs> Um, if you listen to my almost Disney episode with Summer, I referred to the movie Peter Pan as a young boy hangs out with a, um, oh, what was it called? An amputee. <laughs> that was my title was Young Boy Hangs Out with an Amputee, the movie. Amputee is Captain Hook? <laughs> yeah. Did you know an amputation reduces your lifespan by five years, even if it's just a toe? Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Sounds like fake news. It might be. I don't know. That sounds cool. I like it too much to let it be fake news in my mind. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, the being poor and stuff like that. I would, I don't know. I was thinking about something in there about how you. I don't know something about morality and hell and something. Oh, and I wanted to say uh, shout out to the Philharmonic, the song "Drugs," because <laughs> that there's a line in that song when he said when he's talking about um, something about people committing nonviolent crimes. Yeah. What is that line? I don't know. Oh, man. That song's so good, and I'm going to pull it up. Shouts out the Philharmonic. Shouts out the Philharmonic. Where's my type in music? Where is it? I'm just going to play that for Ghosts Only. Ooh, there's for Ghosts Only 2. This one's shorter, though. If you guys have never heard Drugs by the Philharmonic. Recommend Cooper and I. He opened for Hobo Johnson at a concert, which would Cooper have been and so I went sick. To, and um, then I introduced Michael to it. Then Michael introduced Summer to it. Then Cooper introduced his friends to it. It's really been quite the phenomenon since we heard him. Are you playing it for them? <laughs> yeah, dude. I don't care about copyright. <laughs> no, I'm never making any money. Um, so the idea is that he's um, all of this stuff is happening and he says for the first time in my life I think he's I might- like turning 26 getting off of his mom's health yeah. coverage he can't get a job or working for Mickey D's that's that BS I don't need the other option on my mind is not one We've that all I it. usually try <laughs> right here but for the first time in my life I think I might sell drugs <laughs> it's so good drugs. All right, all right, I'm skipping ahead. This one. That is full of empty he talks about people committing nonviolent crimes. You figure out everyone's winging it. My high school reunion is coming up. I'm mad I don't even have time to stunt on the people that Does he swear in this part? I don't know. The day is coming, I swear you see. None of it matter the more you know. Most of us coming from broken homes. Been through traumas that you wouldn't know. Even those lines there. None of it matters the more you know. Most of us coming from broken homes. <sighs> That's so intense. Let's listen to that one more time. Let me just go back. of us coming from broken homes, been through traumas that you wouldn't know. The things that you think when you really broke. The things that you think when you really broke. Right. That's the reason I don't villainize people committing nonviolent crimes. So okay, okay. Literally the same thing you just said. He mm-hmm. said, that's the reason I don't villainize people committing nonviolent crimes so they can afford to live their lives and sleep under roofs on starry nights. That's it. Like if you have to like kill somebody. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Nonviolent. <laughs> yeah. But if you have to like, if you have to steal food to be able to feed your kids, 
or if you have to like do all these other things to be able to afford to sleep under a roof. Like, yeah. And I like the distinction there of nonviolent crimes. Yeah, that's good. Like, that's the reason I don't villainize people committing nonviolent crimes. Oh, man. On a similar vein, let's talk about capitalism. <laughs> let's do it, man. <laughs> the system set up where, uh, where if you, you really, nobody can prosper. Where if you're poor, you die. And even if you're buying fair trade, it's, I heard one time, like, there's no such thing as an ethical purchase under capitalism. And I think about that a lot. That's aggressive, though. I, I don't know. Even if you're buying fair trade, you're still, like, reinforcing the system, you know? I don't think the system in and of itself is wrong. I think it's I think, wrong in the hands of humans, which it will always be. But I don't think there's a better alternative. So Communism is the perfect alternative in a perfect world. Yeah, but we're right, not, but we're perfect, not perfect, perfect I don't so, think there's a better alternative to capitalism, but I do think it reinforces a lot of the things we're talking about, how, where people have to commit nonviolent crimes to stay alive. Um, I need you to play the slide whistle. A going back in time sound. Let's go back in time. Wait, let me <laughs> let me pull up a good a better soundtrack for this. No, 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 no! Stop! 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 We're no, no. Okay, we're back, and we're back. <laughs> the transmogrifier. <laughs> Shout out, Conan Hop. Um, old timey music. Hang on, my tea's ready. One second, <laughs> my tea's ready. Well, you better get that because we're going back in time. Whoa! Welcome back. In time. In time. <laughs> I don't know why it's playing 20s music, but here we are at Pilgrim Rock. You hear? Now we're here and we just broke apart our boats so we could uh, build up some houses here, you see? Mm. Why am I speaking like a gangster? <laughs> I would have a British accent. I think we should break up these boats. I think. That's Australian. You reckon? <laughs> Blimey. <laughs> Crocky. Crocky. We should, we should break up these boats, huh? <laughs> but I was from on the Barbie, as I'm a tenier. <laughs> That's exactly what the colonists sounded like. <laughs> Is there the a hovercraft? There's a hovercraft over there. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> what is a hovercraft? <laughs> Those are the aliens. You can hear the ship. Oh, all I can think of was hoverboards. Uh, there's another podcast I listen to where they talk about those like microphone things that you had as a kid that sounded super tinny. You know what I'm talking about? Mila has one, yeah. And then you, you'd be like, oh, what's this? It's a microphone? Because <laughs> it always makes that sound when you get loud on it. And so all the time, like when there's a long conversation, one of the guys will go... What is this, a uh, microphone? Where'd you get this? <laughs> like, it's so funny. Shout out Dynamic Banter. Great podcast. Um, don't take us back in time. We're here. Um, all I was trying to say is that capitalism arose because I had three potatoes and my friend here didn't have any. But what he did have, I really needed. I looked at him and I said, hey, you got some grain over there so I can plant some seeds so I can feed my family later. But I got some potatoes so you can feed your family now. So how about we trade it here? Trades and bodies. Shout out capitalism. Back in the times of the pool. And that's just a little object lesson for you guys out there. Um, saying that the origins of capitalism. What was the country that had the great potato famine? Ireland. Ireland. I, Ireland. I almost said Idaho, famine. but I knew that was right. <laughs> I'm an 
idiot about geography. <laughs> I didn't know. There's well, Ireland and Idaho are like right next to each other. Jackson in the ocean. Schultz will make fun of me all the time for. The, I didn't know. I mean, I guess I knew, but I didn't consciously know that Alaska was attached. <laughs> Until like probably my junior year of high school. It does seem like it's in the ocean. Like because why does it have such a straight line on the right little, side? And a little square <laughs> yeah. on the maps and a little square yeah. and I knew Hawaii wasn't over there. But then <laughs> one time Jackson was talking about somebody like driving from Alaska and I was like, How would they bring their car? You can't drive to Alaska, you <laughs> idiot. <laughs> drive through the ocean. <laughs> okay. And he was the like bearing straight. Alaska's attached. I was like, Huh? <laughs> <laughs> huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, anyways dumb. so like the origins of capitalism like you got to think back to like in the beginning it made sense because you didn't have corporations and the globalization of the economy like when economies were small and contained within a town that's when capitalism makes sense right like just me making something it makes sense when everybody is like l- working to be able to live and not like working for fun yeah you know yeah like these dudes that are like all these hipsters working these crazy jobs, these millennials out here. And then you're like, okay, you worked 60 years in a factory so that I could have a better life and have this ridiculous job. And now job. you're mad that I have a better yeah, life. Yeah, and now you're mad that I'm making my money off YouTube. Like, you wanted this for me. Right. And then here we are, and I am, like, thanking you for this. And then you're like, get a real job. I want your hands to I hurt like mine. I work in a factory. Yeah. 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 My joints hurt. Yours should, too. Like, okay, well, I'll get arthritis sometime, Larry. Give me a break. Yeah, mine will be in my uh, fingers instead of my back, okay? Because I'm a type of keyboard, and you were lifting up a steel bar for 60 years. Mm-hmm. Talk about how tariffs affect steel again. That was interesting. Oh, that is a thing. I'm not even sure. I, I, I don't feel educated enough to talk about it. Oh. But the idea is that Trump was putting tariffs on steel, and so it was very helpful to steel manufacturers in the U.S., um, because steel coming from other countries, there were tariffs on it. So it was going to be a lot more cost effective to buy steel from uh, companies in the U.S. So like there's a steel company near, near us, ArcelorMittal, over in uh, Shelby area. Um, and they make like steel tubing. Um, and so they were like opening up another plant. Or I don't even know if it was them. There's a steel company near us that opened up another plant in Pennsylvania. So like workers went Carnegie. over there. Um, and... Like, because of that, that boosted that aspect of the economy in the U.S. But the reality is that, like, those, I don't know if those tariffs are still happening or what, but, like, I don't know. What's interesting about that? Why why, why should I talk about that? Uh, I just remember it coming up in a conversation where somebody said, politics don't matter that much because it doesn't immediately affect the lives of people. And I said, that's not true. As long, If you're not privileged in every way it affects you like it's gonna affect a person of color or a woman more like mm. and then you said yeah and the steel tariffs are directly affecting like the salaries of wor- working men I don't yeah know. i just thought that was interesting because it's an argument that appeals more to people than like those things directly affect you if you're an immigrant but then then they'll be like mm, and then it gets all political. i don't care about the immigrants because i don't see them yeah but then if you say horrible. steel workers they're like oh my fellow white man yeah <laughs> Right, yeah, my my blue collar dude. Yeah. He's over here shooting deal with me with my pistol. Pop, 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 pop. <laughs> I shoot a deer in the eye and punch his death. I actually asked that question of somebody today. I was like, "Hey, if I wanted to uh, go out and kill a deer, but only like go up in a tree stand, all the whole shebang, but only use a pistol, like a handgun, oh my word, <laughs> is that legal?" And they were like, "I think during muzzleloader season, that'd be the." <laughs> 
<laughs> what is that? First of all, what? Second of all, give me my dang pistol, Jeffrea. Jeffralia. <laughs> you hold it like <laughs> pop, pop, sideways. <laughs> yeah, I like jump out of the tree stand, superhero landing, and I'm like, you come back here, dear. Pop, pop. You're wearing a full suit. <laughs> pinstripe. It's black and white. <laughs> pinstripe suit. <laughs> Got an ascot up there. He just walks out like, give me my noodles after I shoot this deer in the dome. <laughs> um yeah but it is interesting though because i feel like i actually don't care that much about high level politics because mm-hmm. i think that like local politicians are the ones that have much more of a direct impact on my life right do you even care about local politicians though i do to a certain degree did you vote i voted for all the local ones i didn't vote for a uh, president when it was uh trump and hillary well, i know that but i didn't know if you voted for local elections. i did vote for local ones cool. um but that that in and of itself is like i uh, i was talking to somebody and they said like even at like the state and f- like the state level and then above that like all politicians at that level are sociopaths <laughs> and i was like that's a little aggressive uh but then i was like actually i kind of get what you're saying because like at that level you are Not beholden a sociopath but right but i you do have to be very able to separate yourself and count the costs yeah i mean career politicians that shouldn't be a thing but it is don't turn that inside out please that actually goes to cover this thing here which is why it's a weird shape which is why i bought more microphone covers shout out to me we have fancy colored microphone covers now mine's yellow mine's orange and there's a pink one that no one's using shout out the ghost that's here listening to this lo-fi throwback um i've blown out the mic a lot this episode Mm -hmm. let's go back to a quote that i found this guy rob robert bellium is talking about (laughs) i went to go see him in concert this (laughs) (laughs) robert bellium (laughs) Uh um that's my uh favorite kind of chewy snack i get them around easter time belliums I'm not going to ring the bell, but that was a bad joke. I don't even get it. It has jelly bellies. <laughs> yeah, not your best. The only Easter snack I could think of was Peeps. I was like, Robert Belliums. Yeah, so that thing, if you play around with it too much, you got to like twist it all the way around to make it work. So like this part here, that's not the actual. If you turn it all the way around, then it'll stay in place for a while. It's fine. <laughs> Just podcast things. Um, Rob Bell talks about... In his idea, smells good. They smell interesting. <laughs> this is the worst <laughs> audio. This is the worst. <laughs> Y'all like being sniff. Welcome back to Two Lamps Sniffing. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to blow up the mic like that, but I did. He's talking about how a lot of times we view our theology in like a brick wall sense. So if you take one brick out of the wall, the whole thing crumbles. So he challenged like, let's imagine that the virgin birth, let's say that. And then he like talks about because there is a viewer that says like the virgin birth wasn't actually a virgin birth. that She got pregnant on her first time having sex because that was like the term that was used in the Bible is also a term that was used in that day. And like people talked about virgins being um, like you were still considered a virgin if the first time you had sex, you got pregnant, like very this stuff that he's like he affirmed the the virgin birth and said i believe that it was not this but this is a belief that people have 
and can somebody have that belief and still be a Christian? Or does, if I pull out that brick of the virgin birth, does the whole wall crumble? This or if is I, like the anti-Ken Ham stuff where he yeah. thinks that if you doubt that creation was in seven days, you can't possibly believe in the rest of the Bible. Yeah, he literally talks about, not Ken Ham specifically, but he says he was at a conference where this dude said, if you don't believe in six-day creation, then you don't believe in Jesus. And he's like, what a leap. Yeah. Um, and so he said... I'm far more interested, so he refers to it as a trampoline, where his beliefs are the springs. So they're anchored to something, but they, you, there's more flex in there um, compared to a brick wall where there's no flex. You pull one out, the whole wall crumbles. And so he says, he talks about like about like dealing with the beliefs as in jumping on the trampoline. He said, I'm far more interested in jumping than I am in arguing about whose trampoline is better. You rarely defend the things you love. You enjoy them and tell others about them and invite others to enjoy them with you. That was good. Excuse me. And the next page, he says, questions are not scary. What is scary is when people don't have any. What is tragic is faith. What is tragic is faith that has no room for them. I didn't really like that. And then later, still talking about questions, he says, questions, no matter how shocking or blasphemous or arrogant or ignorant or raw, are rooted in humility. A humility that understands that I am not God and there is more to know. Mm, that's good. Yeah. And I really, really like that because I think that subconsciously or maybe consciously, I I always liked questions. Like at youth group when I was a youth pastor, I would have like question, question night, nights. which I really liked. But I don't even think I was dealing with them in a healthy way then. this idea that like questions are great and like not every question has an answer and he talks about having a question night at his church and all these questions that were brought up and like he called them doubt nights which i really like and so there was a box where you put all your questions in them and they're these super insane questions like super tough impossible to answer and like a lot of them he was just like yeah that's that's a tough one and i don't know and like he said you just kind of man i should just look up the freaking dang it um oh yeah it's on the same page actually um so they sponsored a doubt night and so the first question was from a woman who had been raped and didn't press charges because she Mm. was told that doing so wasn't quote the christian thing no right terrible the man then raped several other girls several other girls and this woman wanted to know if god would still forgive her even if she hadn't forgiven the man who raped her oh my word you did, can for mm, you can forgive someone and still press charges, so they can't do it to other women. Right, and then he said, "Did I uh. mention this was the first question? Here are a few more asked that night. Why does God let people die so young? Why does it seem that mean people get the most money? Why does the killer go free and the honest man die of cancer? Sometimes I doubt God's presence in starving Africa. Oh my word! If we can ask God for forgiveness at our last breath, why strive for a godly life in the present? Facts. Either God is in control of everything, and so all the crap we see today is part of His plan." Or it's all out of control. What's up? This is just a random sampling. I have page after page of questions on my desk. Heaven and hell, suicide and the devil, God and love and rape. Some very personal, some angry, some desperate, some very deep and philosophical. Why does that make me want to cry? Right? And it's like... This is such a good book. Most of my responses were about how we need others to carry our burdens and how our real needs in life are not far more infor- for more information, but for loving community with other people on the journey. The thought of someone telling... I just can't get over that first one. The thought of someone telling a woman who's been raped that it wasn't Christ-like for her to press charges makes me so Mad. sad and angry. I'm angry. That makes me so angry. That makes me so sad for her. See, that's the. I think that's the difference between me and you is that you are very sympathetic in that sense where you feel what other people feel and you're like that is so that is 
sad but for me i'm so mad at that person it reduces her whole experience down to like it don't not like it blames her but it does like it almost victim blames her for being angry that yeah. she was violated in the most like traumatic way possible mm-hmm. and it says like you need to for oh my word no that upsets me so much yeah and i think that's like the bad parts of christianity are not are telling people that you're not allowed to experience emotions yeah like doubt and anger and sadness like god wants you to be happy right yeah screw you like look at the stories in the bible you think god wanted job to be happy (laughs) yeah and all these other things that happen like look at all of this stuff (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i don't know and that's even like i don't know i have a uh a lot that I am not I was so certain about so many things a year ago and I'm so not certain about so many things now mm-hmm. which I think is very healthy but it's also very difficult for my wife Scary. <laughs> um, but it's it. it's super good for me and I think that more than anything else like what I always come back to and this was like this person that I was talking to um, he said like he went through a very similar journey he's the one who recommended pagan Christianity which is a dope book dope, um, dope. <laughs> and he said in the end, it all comes back to Jesus. And at the end of the day, you want to be more like Jesus. And that's the point. And I think that's kind of like, that's it. Like I, at the end of the day, I want to be more like Jesus. I think that Jesus way of living was the best way to live. And all this other stuff is secondary. Like that's it. It's mm-hmm. like, and I remember thinking like when I was going to Moody and like all this other stuff, like, oh, screw you. The, the guy who's just like, I don't know about the whole Bible. I just like the Jesus thing. It's like, well, it's kind of where I'm at now. And I've studied the whole thing. Yeah. Not that I know the whole thing because more than anything, I now realize how little I know. Mm-hmm. But I have studied it with all the other people who went to Moody for four years. And like, I know a lot more. I, I've had a lot more formal training than a lot of other people out there. And after all of that, I can say definitively, we know very little. And on top of that it's all about jesus man that's what it's got to be about and if, if it's not about that then none of this matters hmm. <sighs> it feels like a good place to end it i think so too and the music wound down as well well it's back so i guess we got to keep going for another 24 minutes huh well you already made a bad joke that we ignored technically we've already had your three strikes that's true but i need to make another bad joke to make this end okay speaking of three strikes i love playing basketball Thank you so much for coming. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good joke, though. <laughs> was it? <laughs> we both laughed pretty uproariously. I would, yeah. Um, I'm just going to open up to a random quote in the, the book C.S. Lewis, The Great Divorce that I have underlined, and then we're going to end on that. Whatever it is, uh, the first one, I didn't underline too many things in here, so whatever it is, it's going to be a beefy one. Oop, is that an underline? No, that's not a good one. I don't like that one. That was the first one I underlined, and I wasn't sure. Oh, here's a long one. Ooh, here's a good one. Um, this is, again, a book about heaven and hell by C.S. Lewis. Katrina, thank you so much for doing this. This was very fun. I you're enjoyed welcome. it thoroughly. Um, you're welcome to come back and replace Cooper because Cooper left me to become a luthier. Boo! He's going to learn how to make musical, musical instruments. It's actually pretty cool. Um, His school's awesome. I went up there to drop him off. Is it? It's really uh, cool. 
Super it's cool. like everything is made out of wood. It's like, it makes sense. Wow, like a but house? <laughs> no, not even. <laughs> it's like they have like, a lot of it is just like a workspace, like a, like a wood shop almost, workshop. but they have a little like lecture room and the podiums are made out of wood and the chairs are made out of wood and the desks are made out of, like everything. That's in so it. Cool. Yeah, it is really cool. That's dope. I do want to get into more more woodworking. I would love to build a live edge table. That's what mm. I want to do. Um, shout out cool. to Mark. Uh, he has a table saw. Or not a table saw. He has a uh, sawmill that I'm going to probably use some of the wood that he cuts. I won't, I won't say the last name. <laughs> but you know you know who I'm talking about. No. Lives in Akron. Oh. One of dad's oldest friends. Aw. Yeah. This is a quote from C.S. Lewis's The Great Divorce. I forgot the name. <laughs> I had to flip it over. The Bad Marriage. The good man's past begins to change so that his forgiven sins and remembered sorrows take on the quality of heaven. The bad man's past already conforms to his badness and is filled with only dreariness. And that is why at the end of all things, when the sun rises here and the twilight turns to blackness down there, the blessed will say, we have never lived anywhere except heaven. And the lost will say, we were always in hell, and both will speak truly. Ooh. Let Bars. me say that one more time, <laughs> and then we'll be done. Bars. Because I had to read. I read this. I remember reading that part like five or six times, and it still was hard to sink in. The good man's past begins to change, so that his forgiven sins and remembered sorrows take on the quality of heaven. The bad man's past already conforms to his badness and is filled with only with dreariness. And that is why. At the end of all things, when the sun rises here and the twilight turns to blackness down there, the blessed will say, we have never lived anywhere except heaven. And the lost will say, we were always in hell. And both will speak truly. Thanks so much for listening. Um, if you disagree or agree with anything that I said, email me, conversationtherapycast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. In there's a ramp. <laughs>